Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We're back here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speakers. It is Field Yates and NFL wide receiver for 10 years. Harry Douglas hanging out in for the guys in our final hour. And Harry, a lot of people are wondering right now whether or not Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the NFL for the second consecutive season. So, if I give you the option with two weeks left to go, the NFL regular season to pick Aaron Rodgers or the field as the front runner to win the MVP. Who are you taking? Phil, that's easy for me. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He's a guy who who's played at a high level, not just this year, but last year, the year before, when he came into the NFL. He's been playing at a high level consistently um, throughout his career. A guy who complete who can complete every football pass on a football field that you want him to throw from any arm angle rolling left rolling right almost falling down if you want a hail mary just call aaron Rodgers. you got all kind of things with this guy even though he's making news off the field what he's doing on the field is unbelievable and right now he is the best uh quarterback in the national football league yeah so aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I think the answer is probably rogers just two weeks left in the season if there's some compelling cases for other players, Jonathan Taylor is going to get some love for the Indianapolis Colts if they win their final two games. Cooper Cup's going to be at least mentioned with his historic season. I think others that need to be mentioned include, I know people are going to hate this, but Tom Brady is just having another ho-hum season where he leads the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns, and the Bucks are obviously 11-4. and They're a very good team as well. Josh Allen deserves some love for what he has done this year. It's been unbelievable for the Bills, especially in recent weeks. They are on track to win the AFC East for the second consecutive season. There are a lot of names that are going to be in that mix, but I do think Aaron Rodgers has the inside track on winning the NFL MVP this year. But let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' future here for a second, Harry, because that much is a little bit less certain. Uh, Aaron Rodgers yesterday was asked about whether retirement was at least on the table for his future? I wouldn't rule that out. Um, you know, I think that I'm just enjoying this season for this season. And I think there's playing next year is, will definitely be in the thought process. Uh, if this year has stopped me anything, I said, you know, I still can't play. I still have a love for the game. I'm still super competitive and still enjoy the process of the week. You know, there'll be a lot of, a lot of uh, things that I'll, that I'll weigh in the off season. Um, Saying that doesn't mean, or, or any of the comments I've made, doesn't mean I'm thinking about elsewhere. I do want to clarify that. So I'm just savoring this year, I think, as much as anything. And I don't want to, it won't be something where I'll drag it out for months and months. So, Harry, a couple questions I have from that sound is, first of all, sometimes people answer questions in a way that's just polite, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm saying my response. I don't want to be disrespectful to you. Do you think retirement is like actually on Aaron Rodgers mind at all or do you think he was just being respectful of the question not trying to be dismissive of the reporter who asked it I think he was trying to be respectful because Phil it's hard for anyone to tell me that a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's playing at the level that he's playing who won an MVP last year he's the leading candidate for the win MVP this year has the best record in the National Football League with his team the Green Bay Packers um, we've seen what this team looks like when he's not playing and not on this, uh, I won't say not on this roster, but not uh, suited up for, for the Green Bay Packers. So it's hard for me to say a guy that is playing at the level that he is playing at is just going to say, you know what, I'm done. Usually guys like that who say they're done, you see deficiencies, you see the injuries start to pile up. 
Uh, you see their desire go out the door. You don't see any of those things with Aaron Rodgers, and he's playing at a hell of a level. So I, I, I don't see that. I just don't see it. Okay, so I'm with you. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is retiring as well, but his future is a little bit less certain than it was, I think, at previous stops. So Aaron Rodgers this offseason seems like a lock to be in his final year with the Green Bay Packers. Heck, there was a time where I wasn't even sure if he was going to play for the Packers in 2021. There was foundational issues that Aaron Rodgers just fundamentally disagreed with with the Green Bay Packers, and specifically it sounded like the front office. So I'll ask you, Harry, this year has gone great for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers talked about how it's been one of the most enjoyable seasons he's ever had. Do you think the chances of Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers in 2022 are legitimate now? You you know what you know what can usually I don't get altered at all but when we talked to Woody uh, Damian Woody er, earlier and he said man if this team wins a Super Bowl that would be the second for Aaron Rodgers what more does he have to go for at Green Bay that really hit me it really hit me because I went to thinking about it I was like if he actually wins a Super Bowl in Green Bay what other reason would he need to even go back so I I I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's so up in the air, and then you see the little ficky answers that he gives every time someone's asked him something close to that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. So the one thing I will say, though, is while you can say what else does he have to prove, I'm not sure this was ever about him proving anything. I mean, even if he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, Aaron Rodgers has proved himself to be one of the greatest quarterbacks the league has ever seen, at least a three-time MVP, potentially a four-time MVP, a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP winner as well. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to leave after a Super Bowl, then the question is, what does he really want? Because if all he wants to do is win, I think it's clear and obvious that amongst the realistic options for him to be playing on right now, the Green Bay Packers are the best option for him to want to win, right? I mean, they've won 13 games in back-to-back years. They're on the doorstep of winning 13 games again this year. They will become the first team ever in NFL history win 13 straight 13 games or more in three straight seasons Harry if he doesn't want that what does he want what does he want control okay does that matter should it matter uh I don't think it should matter especially when you're winning because the common goal is to win right Uh, that's why you play the game but then again you know quarterbacks are wired differently Aaron Rodgers is wired differently we no one knows what he wants I think that's the big question right now you made a good point right there it's like not necessarily what he has to prove, but what does he want? That's something that only right now I think Aaron Rodgers knows uh, and nobody else, and that's what we're trying to pry out of him. I, we got to talk to Pat McAfee, tell him, hey, man, you got you to gotta ask Aaron what exactly does he want so he can give the answer because like the, uh, Diana uh, 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 said, he likes to answer everything that Pat asked him. Pat needs to ask him that. What, what exactly do you want? What are you searching for? What are you looking for, Aaron? Let the people know. One thing I will say, like my favorite part of Aaron Rodgers' answer right there that we heard earlier was that Aaron Rodgers says he's not going to let this drag out because, honestly, the last thing I think any of us need is a long off season where all we do every single day is speculate upon where Aaron Rodgers is going to play that upcoming season. Last year, that became our story. We've had our binkies, what I call them, the binkies <laughs> in the football media for the past few off seasons. We got a couple of off seasons out of Kirk Cousins and his future with the Washington football team as he was in the midst of being franchise-tagged on back-to-back seasons, whether he would eventually stay there. We got Dak Prescott for a minute, right? Last 
couple or the past couple of off seasons, and just for a minute last year before he signed that four year, hundred and forty million dollar extension. But for a while, it was should the Cowboys pay Dak Prescott? How much should they pay Dak Prescott? Will he agree to a deal? Will he be franchised? We've had those binkies the past few off seasons. Last year, it was Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay from the NFL draft on. It is shaping up that this will be another year where quarterback storylines develop and also dominate the NFL's offseason. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is one of them. Maybe not. Hey, Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. All good. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And we just mentioned earlier whether or not Aaron Rodgers would win the MVP. Harry picked it, but Harry picked him versus the field. But let's play a little game of take the field. Everyone is hype on that guy. Beats the buzzer with a three. Is it a touchdown? Yes. Well hit towards the corner. God. Are you or are you with the field? All right, hand it over to Evan, our producer, to handle take the field. Yes, yeah, so we already learned that you'd take Rodgers over the field. How about Mac Jones? Mac Jones or the field to win Offensive Player of the Year. Field, start with you. I'm going to go with the field here because of the past few weeks and how things have unfolded for Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has been clearly the best rookie quarterback. No hot take there. But his numbers have not been uh, blow-you-away dominant like we saw from Justin Herbert last year. The Patriots could very well go 11-6, and but I think unless Mac Jones really lights things up and maybe even if the Patriots win the AFC East, I think it's going to end up being somebody like Jamar Chase, maybe Creed Humphrey from the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe Rashawn Slater. Hold on. Did you say Offensive Player of the Year? Offensive or rookie? rookie of the Year, yep. Oh, okay. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the field as well. You see guys um, making plays out there. But like you just said, Phil, the, the last few weeks have been up and down for Mac Jones. I, I was confused because for some reason I thought it was Offensive Player of the Year, and I was about to say uh, who. It might have said that. might have said I was that about to say. I was about to say who, Terrible who, producer. I was about to say who's crazy enough to put that. <laughs> Easy E. It was a typo. Whatever. Might come down to the final game for the Patriots and Mac Jones to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Speaking of the Dolphins, Dolphins were the field to get the AFC's final playoff spot. Harry. I'm going to go with the field. I'm going to go with the field. The simple fact that I don't think the Miami Dolphins defensively, I like what they are. I like how they can play man coverage on the back end. They do a lot of blitzes. They present a lot of things defensively as well. Offensively is where I'm worried. Tua and being able to push the football down the field, being able to score enough points. They have a big game this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. If the Tennessee Titans score a lot of points, I'm nervous that the Miami Dolphins won't be able to score a lot of points. So I'm going to take the field. I think I actually think it is – the field as well and just because there are a couple of things that have to go in the Dolphins favor I have to play this out and to be honest with you guys I'm not smart enough to know every single AFC playoff scenario I think if the Dolphins win their final two games they are into the playoffs I'm not absolutely certain whether that they, is the case they or control not. their own fate okay they control, they do their, control own their own fate I'm gonna go with the field here only because back-to-back games really tough opponents both of them are at home for Miami that part is good but I think I've taken the field here all right, let's go to another former Alabama quarterback trying to get his team into the playoffs. Jalen Hurts, Eagles, or the field to get the NFC's final playoff spot? It's me? Sure. I'm going with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts because I think they're winning on Sunday, which would push them to 9-7. and seven. They play the Cowboys in Week 18. And what could be interesting there is the Cowboys probably won't have the number one seed in the NFC. But 
they could be locked into a seed in the NFC, whether it's the third or fourth or second seed. And for that reason, the possibility that the Eagles have the Cowboys playing for nothing in Week 18 could push them to 10-7. and seven. I think the Eagles have the seventh playoff spot locked up. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Jalen Hurts, that offensive line. Nick Sirianni understanding that that run game is the best bet for them to get that last spot in the NFC when it comes to the playoffs. And then I think they're going to beat the Washington football team and feel like you just mentioned the Cowboys. They might not have anything else to play for in that last week. They might or Everything might already be locked up. And if it is, they might be resting some guys. So I'm going to go with the Eagles there. All right, let's stick in the NFC. We've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Packers or the field in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. Harry? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with the field. I'm going to go with the field on this one because I think there's still a lot of unknown uh, when it comes to this Packers run defense. And if all you got to do is be better than them on that day. So I think anybody in the NFC right now, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they're banged up, but they're going to get their guys back. You look at the Dallas Cowboys. You look at the uh, the Los Angeles Rams when Matthew Stafford is playing a good brand of football and not turning the football over. I think you have a lot of teams that can that can compete in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to take the field on that one. I'm going with the field as well. I just feel like the NFC is so top-heavy this year, right? I mean, one game separates them versus the Bucks versus the Rams. I mean, the Cowboys as well. Like, any of those four teams could win the NFC, and it would not surprise me. I mean, heck, I think San Francisco, if they play their best ball and Jimmy Garoppolo gets healthy, they could play good good football. They were, they were rolling at one point. They steamrolled the Rams. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a five- or six-team race in the NFC. All right, we're not just a football show. Let's do a little NBA field. I know you're a big NBA guy. Harry, your brother played in the league. Yep. Warriors are the field. They have the best record in the NBA right now. Warriors are the field to win the NBA championship. You doing it right now on December 30th field? I am not doing it as of yet. They certainly are the best team based off of record. They have looked incredible this season. Steph Curry has been remarkable. We all know all those things. Clay Thompson could be back in the next couple of weeks here, but there are a couple of question marks obviously surrounding where he will be at after coming off of an ACL and an Achilles tear. But what I will say is that the NBA's got like three or four like legit power brokers this year. The Suns have been unbelievable this season. The Jazz are playing phenomenal basketball as well. They're playing historic offense are the Utah Jazz. The Bucks have been exceptional in their big three of Giannis, Drew Holiday, and also Chris Middleton have all been on the floor. And now the Bucks, excuse me, the Nets are going to have their big three assembled for at least half their games. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and also James Harden. James Harden has picked up his base. I'll take the field here. I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Now, mm. I have a little insight on this. If y'all guys did not know, my brother did play with the Golden State Warriors. He was able to play with Steph and Draymond, and those guys are just a different breed. Their mindset, the way they think, the way they practice, the way they attack every day is on another level. Not to mention, they're doing what they're doing right now without Klay Thompson. They're going to get him back. They're doing what they're doing right now without James Wiseman. They're going to get him back. So that's two more key players who can make an immediate impact on their roster. So I'm going with the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Harry is in Miami right now for the Orange Bowl, Capital One Orange Bowl, both college football games tomorrow. ESPN Radio coverage starts at 2.30 with the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, number four Cincinnati versus number one Alabama. Harry, Alabama or the field to win it all? I'm going to take Alabama with the simple fact that they have Nick Saban as their head coach, and he lives and thrives for these moments. Uh, not only do they have Nick Saban, they have the 
first Heisman Trophy quarterback in Alabama history. That would be Bryce Young, who's had a remarkable year. They have a guy over there named Jamison Williams, who's a bad, bad wide receiver. Can't wait to see him play against Amar Gardner and Kobe Bryant for the Cincinnati Bearcats. So I'm going to take the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I'll take the Crimson Tide as well. And part of the reason why is about the topics we just discussed. That's the smallest field, right? I mean, only three other teams. And really, it's a matter of whether you think Alabama can finish things off at the, at the goal line here. They've got two games to win the national championship. Give me Alabama. I know that Alabama has been there, done that, and sometimes people get sick of the same teams winning and winning and winning again. But give me Alabama to win the college football playoff championship. Roll Dad. Hey, did I tell you guys, ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune Tell in today more. for Tell the me. Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl, followed by the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Coverage begins 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All right. Not the only big game for a Cincinnati team is that Cotton Bowl. The Bengals play the Chiefs. Chiefs or the field to win the AFC field? I'm going to take the, ch- the field, and here's the reason why. And I know that a again, baby field? Yeah, I think it's going to happen. But I believe that the Chiefs end up uh, they are really good. They clearly are the best team right now. But i got to go with the field. There are some teams that are emerging, like the Colts. You've got the Buffalo Bills who are playing phenomenal football. The Patriots play really good defense. I would not be surprised if the Chiefs are challenged and tested in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to take the field too, y'all. You, you look at the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, what he's been able to do. They have the skill position players uh, to, to be able to match. And I've I seen both of those games last year that they played against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they should have definitely most, trust me, believe me, they should have won both of those games. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they're doing. You look at the Colts. You look at the Tennessee Titans. They're getting healthy. I think the, uh, the, the AFC is just so wide open as well, too, so that anybody can thrive and go to the Super Bowl and beat the Chiefs. Okay, looking forward to this game on Sunday, though, which should give us a little glimpse. By by the way, great job there by Evan with a little game of Take the Field. However, it's time now for us to focus in on that game that we just heard from uh, us about with the Chiefs and the Bengals on Sunday. Joe Burrow knows that on Sunday they better score a bunch of points because this is not going to be one of those games where you grind out a 13-10 to 10 win. They've been one of the best offenses in the league for, you know, since he's been the, the starting quarterback. So, you know, we're going in expecting to – have to score a lot of points and, and we'll adapt accordingly. A big opportunity, whether it's the, the Chiefs or whoever they throw out there against us, you know, we got an opportunity to go out there and win and win our division and make the playoffs. So, Harry, let me ask you this question. On mm-hmm. Sunday, is the more important side of the ball for the Bengals, their defense to find a way to slow down the Chiefs a little bit, or is it about their offense being able to keep pace with Kansas City? Um, ooh, that's a tough one too, Phil. I will go with their, I will go with their offense, and uh, particularly I will go with their offensive line because if you can't protect Joe Burrow, you're not going to be able to put up points. And he's been sacked a lot of times this year already. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the offense and the offensive line being able to protect Joe Burrow so he can deliver the football to his weapon. So if they have to score points, they can keep up with that Chiefs offense. Okay, so you think the offense is what matters the most here on Sunday. Should be a really good one. (laughs) If I had to ask you, who has the best skill group in this game? And I'm factoring in quarterback, running backs, wide receiver, tight ends. Do the Bengals actually have the edge over the Chiefs? Uh, 100%. I believe they do. And you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they actually have an opportunity 
Um, they have two wide receivers right now with over a thousand yards. They have a chance to have a third one to finish out the year with over a thousand yards. That has not been done since 2008 Arizona Cardinals when Steve Breston, Anquan Bolden, and Larry Fitzgerald Gerald did it. And then you look at Joe Mixon at the at the running back position doing great things, not just in the run game but in the pass game as well. And then you add Joe Burrow into the mix. I believe they do. Now I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at them last week and Byron Pringle came on for them. So I think he's uh, surging and emerging as that third option because I do believe that the Kansas City Chiefs need that third option. Miko Hardman has not been that guy on a consistent basis this year, but they can have Miko Hardman as their fourth option. But when you look at the overhaul and you look at all these wide receivers and the running back position for the Cincinnati Bengals, all three of those wide receivers can play anywhere, line up anywhere on the football field, be effective, and they can all go jump up and catch the football and take it off the top of a DB's head. So I will give the edge to the Cincinnati Bengals. How often is that the case where you can say that a team playing against the Kansas City Chiefs actually has the better group of skilled players? It is a rarity. That much is for sure. Can't wait for this game on Sunday. The Chiefs and the Bengals, the winner, is in very, very good spot leading into the playoff picture. Hey, Michigan has changed the entire narrative around their program so will a former Buckeye actually pick them to keep it going in the Orange Bowl? We head to Miami next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We are back on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Radio, the Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN app, Field Yates, and Harry Douglas hanging out. In for the guys today, and Harry, you are right now down in Miami. For those that don't know, Harry played in the NFL for a long time, 10 years to be specific. He now covers all things football here at ESPN. When he's not flapping gums talking about the NFL with me, though, he's talking about college football, huge part of our coverage, and down in Miami where we have one of two games to be played tomorrow. So let me ask you, Harry, let's just yeah. zoom out for a second here. We can, we can mm-hmm. get specific if we want in a minute. Let's just zoom out. If you think about the themes of the two games being played tomorrow, what are they? What is the key, speaking generally, for Cincinnati to beat Alabama or vice versa? And what is the key for Michigan to continue their run to the national championship and for Georgia to avenge its SEC championship loss where they played poorly against Georgia? 
Well, damn, Phil, just tell me to, to, to talk about all four of them. No Go problem. Now, uh, for Cincinnati, I think, number one, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter has to be great at the quarterback position. He has to be able to run the football effectively with his legs. I think Cincinnati on offense, they have to go to a lot more tempo because I don't think their offensive line can hold up against the defensive line in the front seven of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So for Cincinnati, that's going to be the thing. That's going to be big. They have guys defensively who can make some plays. Um, the thing is, is, will they be able to blitz and get to Bryce Young when it comes to – uh, you say Michigan. I think Michigan, all year Michigan came into the season unranked, first football team to make the college football playoffs starting the season unranked. I think they have played the brand of football uh, that we call physical. Physicality has been their M.O. Their quarterback, Kate McNamara, uh, trust me, they tried everything to make J.J. McCarthy be the quarterback, but Kate McNamara has done everything to remain the quarterback. He's been good for this team, but their, their M.O. offensively is running the football. They have a multiplicity of ways that they do it, a lot of moving parts to it, a lot of deception. Um, they bring in J.J. McCarthy's at, t- at times to even get the antennas up of a defense, but you look at them defensively. You, you look at the two defensive ends for them. And then you look at the secondary guys, and I think a guy that's going to be missing, probably missing right now, I think is Daxton Hill, who's going to be tough for them because I think he's been playing a, a great brand of football. He plays it within their slot, but the other guys in their secondary has done a great job. But for them, just continue to be uh, consistent with physicality. Um, do not turn the football over. And special teams, I think special teams can play a factor. A guy, A.J. Henning, he's already had one special teams touchdown this year, but they use him in a, a, a lot of different ways as well. They're kind of like He's kind of like their Debo Samuel, but not to the extent of it for the San Francisco 49ers. So they, they find all kind of ways to get, to get the football to him, too. To further this conversation, let's get our guy, Joey Galloway, a huge part of our ESPN college football coverage involved. And, Joey, we appreciate you making time for us here this morning. And I want to start with the Michigan and Georgia game. Michigan obviously riding high right now after a Big Ten championship. What's the key for them to continue their strong season and upset a team in Georgia that is actually a favorite in this game? Obviously, Michigan needs to run the football. Uh, I, I think that when you look at their season, uh, of course, it, it's been around their run game, what they've been able to do uh, with guys like Corm and Haskins and, and those two running backs. But what Cade McNamara has done at the quarterback position, uh, what he's developed into, a, a guy that can make plays, uh, gives their, their offense a balance uh, that has become tough to stop. Uh, in past seasons, the, the issues that uh, everyone has had with the mission offense is they had to run the ball. Uh, they had to be two tight ends, a fullback, uh, and just be and try to run you over. I think what Josh Gaddis has done in this season is develop Cade McNamara into a quarterback that can make some plays downfield. But it all starts with their ability to run the football and be physical up front, and then it just opens up everything else. Yeah, Joe, I think that's one of the things I've been impressed with this year because J.J. McCarthy, their backup quarterback, they they wanted him to be the quarterback, but Cade McNamara has been so great for them all year long. And a lot of people, they're like, well, he doesn't have the eye-blowing numbers. That's because they're a run-first football team. But when they asked him to pass the football, he's able he's been able to do so, and he's been efficient doing it as well. I agree with you. Joe, I got a question for you about this game about the coaches. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has – had an interesting time, obviously, at Michigan, uh, the place that he played at and was believed to be the savior. Perhaps he can prove that this upcoming Friday and then again in the national championship game. And then Kirby Smart, who has done a remarkable job at Georgia, but there's a lot of pressure because they have been so close and haven't finished the job. Do you believe that one of these men is under more pressure to win tomorrow than the other? 
excuse me. Uh, no, not at all. I, I think that anytime you play uh, college football at this level and you're talking about historic programs like Michigan and Georgia, I don't know that there's any more pressure at either one of these places, uh, you know, to, to win a football game. I think that both teams expect to win. Both teams have come, you know, come a long way. And I think if you would have said at the beginning of the season uh, to Georgia and, and Michigan uh, that you'd be playing in the uh, in the semifinal in the playoffs, they would both they would both have said uh, we've had a successful season. And so I don't know if there's any more pressure at one place over the other. When you look at the Cincinnati Bearcats, what do they have to do to pull off the upset tomorrow? They have to get pressure on Bryce Young. I mean, we we watch Auburn do it. Uh, we watch Texas A&M do it. Uh, we watch LSU do it, uh, where they pressured Bryce Young and did not allow him to get comfortable in the pocket. They made their offense, uh, you know, have to find other ways to beat their defense. I think Cincinnati has to do the same thing. Joey, do you think there is a pressure baked in for Cincinnati? Not, I mean, there's obviously pressure when you're playing against Alabama under Nick Saban, but do you think that what happens tomorrow with Cincinnati could play a role in how the college football playoff committee evaluates the non-power five schools going forward? Obviously, as we know, Cincinnati made history this year. Does it feel like they have to show well in order for us to have future versions of Cincinnati? I don't think so, and I think it would be disappointing if that is the case. I think the fans will do that because that's what fans do. Anytime a Notre Dame or a, a, a team like Oklahoma gets in the playoff and, and they get blown out, Michigan State got blown out, I think the fans react in that way. I don't think the committee will do that. Well, Joey, I know you're a busy man this morning. We're going to hand you right back off over to Get Up. We appreciate you joining us here. Enjoy the games tomorrow. So appreciate all your insight as always. Thanks, guys. That's Joey Galloway on the Goodyear Hotline. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Harry, I asked the question to Joey just a moment ago. I'd be curious your thoughts. Do you think that if, if, and I, I, I know Bearcats fans are upset right now, but if Cincinnati mm-hmm. does not hold up particularly well against Alabama, do you think the power? Do you think the, the committee says to itself, "Listen, we told you guys so. This is why we are, you know, we 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 basically." Always lean on the top teams in the top conferences, and we're not going to have, you know, non-power five schools in the playoff going forward. Or do you think that the committee needs to continue to have eyes wide open when it comes to these individual resumes year over year? Well, Cincinnati go out in this game and they get blown out. The committee, I think they're going to not even think twice about not allowing another power five team into the college football playoffs, right? Um, Think about this. You look at the rankings. They were trying to do everything in their power to not have Cincinnati ranked, but Cincinnati just ended up being undefeated and didn't lose, and it fell right into their lap. I don't want to say fell into their lap. They They earned the spot. I'll say that. They definitely earned the spot. But I think the committee, truly deep down inside, did they want a Cincinnati team in there? No, because they're not a power. They're not a powerhouse. They're not one of these schools that um, you know t- t- we're accustomed to seeing in, in these playoffs year in and year out. So I think it would have. I think it would have a major impression uh, on the college football playoff committee moving forward. I think so as well. I asked Joey one more question about pressure as it pertained to Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh. Do you believe one of those two men is under more pressure to win tomorrow? I think it's Kirby Smart more so than it is Jim Harbaugh. Kirby okay. Smart because he he gets five and four star recruits year in and year out. 
Um, he's only been to the college football playoff one time. I understand this is the only time that, that Michigan has been, but Kirby has been to a national championship. Who did he lose that national championship to? Nick Saban. We all thought he had that game in the bag. Kirby Smart comes in this year. They go undefeated. Georgia's the best team in the country. Who did he lose to in the SEC championship? Alabama and Nick Saban. For some reason, I think Nick Saban lives rent-free in Kirby Smart's mind. And if they get past Michigan and Alabama gets past um, gets past uh, Cincinnati, then we have that whole matchup again. And I don't know if Kirby Smart is going to be able to get past him. Hopefully he will, but we'll see. We'll keep an eye on how these games unfold tomorrow. A reminder, you can get all kinds of coverage on ESPN Radio and ESPN for those two games. Kick off, coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, the faces of their respective sports for the last 15 years share one very specific thing in common. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keyshawn J. Will Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. But, Harry Douglas, today is Thursday, December 30th. Do you know whose birthday it is today? Talk to me. You got two goats, two legends in the game. Tiger Woods. It is his birthday today. The GOAT. I love the simple fact that Tiger has been able to play golf with his son, Charlie. Oh, it's one of my like favorite that's, things that's, I've seen in a long so time. That is so dope, Phil. It's so dope, man. That father-son bun, that father-son relationship, it will always stick with Charlie. Trust me. And it is his 46th birthday today. Happy 46th birthday to Eldrick Tiger Woods, of course, with Goat. Tiger, one of the goats, and LeBron James, who's still playing at an incredibly high level, turns 37 as well today, Harry. You could make the case that Tiger Woods and LeBron James – Five, maybe five, ten, top five, type ten, most iconic athletes in the history of sports. I mean, I don't know how long the list you have to go down to get to those two, but the list is not long. If you want number to go seven. further down, number that's right, six <laughs> B and six A, Tiger Woods and LeBron James. Yo, I mean, Project Pat, cut that nonsense out back there. To share <laughs> a birthday, really, there's something special. Apparently, there's something special in the water on December thirtieth, huh? Yes, it is. Amazing. It's amazing. And you mentioned that. How cool was what we saw recently with Tiger Woods and his son Charlie playing in the PNC tournament last weekend together? That had to be one of the that was one of the most special sports moments I can recall in quite some time. It is, Phil, when you you're able to share things that you did for a living for so long. Um, and things that probably kept you away from home like you probably wanted to be. And then you get to do those things with your son. And I'm pretty sure it's not forced. I'm pretty sure Charlie's seen his father playing golf his entire, I mean, not his entire life, but for the, for the, for the time that he's been living. And was like, you know what? I want to play golf. 
because it's another way for kids, man. It's another way for them to see their parents and be like, you know what? Let me get closer to my father. Let me let me let me endure in this sport that he's played for so long. And now you see their bond. They can get they get the bond on, on on another level that a lot of people might not be able to even understand or ever understand. Now that he's into the golf and their swings, and so they have so so many similarities as well too, Phil. They are amazing to watch. It was so cool to see all the mannerisms from LeBron, from uh, Tiger Woods and also Char- Charlie Woods. I don't want to make this a day about which one is greater than the other, but just in terms of combining what they have done with the sport that they play and the circumstances in which they play in, is there one of these two players' prolonged excellence that either surprises you or impresses you more? I mean, the fact that the Lakers are not a good team, does not diminish what I believe about LeBron James' excellence. I mean, the guy is averaging just a ridiculous rate still. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's got 30-plus points in six straight games. Whose longevity maybe surprises or impresses you more? Um, for me, I think it's LeBron, just because it's more wear and tear on his body. And listen, the, the reason why the Lakers are losing is not damn LeBron's fault. LeBron needs some help. The guys that are supposed to be around him playing at a high level, they aren't doing that. They need to be better defensively as well, I believe so, with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, that, that, that is. Uh, Anthony Davis needs to get healthy. Every year we, we, we have something talking about, is he going to play a full season? Is he going to be healthy enough? He needs to. I don't know who he trains with. I don't know what he does in the offseason. But he might want to start viewing that because he's getting hurt year in and year out. And it's starting to get annoying. And then you look at Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has to be better for the Los Angeles Lakers. If not, they're going to probably put him on the trade block. It's amazing. LeBron is averaging 28 points right now. 28 at the age of 37. You go to his rebound. 7.2, nearly 7 assists per game. He is remarkable the way that he has held up. He has stood the test of time. Perhaps sometimes we take these athletes for granted. Tiger Woods, by the way, at 45 years old, 46 today, you know, his dominance may have been as rare and unique as we've ever seen in the sport of golf. The fact that he's still playing at a high level, at least has in recent years, is incredible as well. I think what we're all hoping for for Tiger, though, Harry, is we all want one more comeback from Tiger, right? Because it feels like the way in which Tiger on a Sunday competing for a tournament can galvanize golf fans might be as unique and significant as any other individual athlete right now. You think about the game of golf, the sport of golf. I'm not sure anybody is more directly responsible for the growth of it than Tiger Woods. As a matter of fact, I would think Tiger is probably as respon- is more responsible than any other individual for the game of golf. Don't you feel like golf has expanded its audience? It's it's the people that play the game, the way in which we appreciate the sport of golf since the rise of Tiger. Yeah, I agree with you. And then you got to look at this though, Phil. Like Tiger's a minority, right? So he got a lot of minorities watching golf at a very high level interested in golf playing it at a high level so you got to give him credit for being able to do that as well tiger woods he's been amazing he's been amazing since uh since a teenager and i don't know if we're going to be able to see i don't know if we're going to get him again um i i don't think i i don't know i just when you see his son charlie man i think he's so invested in his son right now that i don't even think he's thinking about that uh, uh, playing golf on those levels right now i'll be honest the amazing part is we had tiger we've had lebron Maybe we have Charlie Woods 
and Bronny James Jr. coming <laughs> yes. up around the home. I mean, the two of them are obviously doing prodigious things here at a young, young age. So Harry Douglas is in Miami right now, and I want to get your closing thoughts before we say goodbye as you are headed off to your college football duties. Do you want to, are, you, are you an analyst that is willing to make a prediction on the two games tomorrow, or are you one of those people that bites your tongue and lets the game just be played? I don't want to do it right now. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Okay, all right. So just give me a couple of keys to the game then. We've got in the early game, we've got Michigan and Georgia first, right, at 430. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, we have Alabama and Cincinnati early. Cincinnati. Yep. And then we have Michigan and Georgia in the second game of the afternoon. Give me the keys for both of those games and how you think they could impact the result. Uh, I'll say the Alabama and Cincinnati game, uh, Joey Joey alluded to it. I think Cincinnati, they have to get pressure on Bryce Young because if he has time to sit back there and throw the football, we've seen against Alabama, I mean against a Georgia defense who was the best defense in the country, what he's capable of. He's the Heisman Trophy uh, winner for a reason, the first one in Alabama history at the quarterback position. He's the best quarterback that Nick Saban has ever had in his coaching career. So you got to get pressure on him. When you look at the Michigan and Georgia game, I do believe that Georgia, they're going to have to run the football. We know Michigan's going to run the football, but I think Georgia's going to have to run the football effectively because if Michigan says you know what we're going to sack this box and make Stetson Bennett throw the football and we believe in our secondary 100% I don't know if that's going to be good for Georgia so Georgia has to be balanced offensively to be able to win this fo- I mean Michigan has to be uh, balanced offensively uh, excuse me Georgia has to be balanced offensively to win this football game. Pomegranate Pomegranate, tell me more about that. No, 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 no. Don't tell me any more about that. That is amazing right there. Oh, we're closing, aren't we? We got to close. No, we don't have enough time to hear about Pomegranate. It's just my favorite fruit. Apparently, it's Harry's as well. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you, my friend. So where can we find you over the next couple of days with your college football coverage? I couldn't hear you. Someone was in my ear. Where can we find you over the next couple of days for your college football coverage? Oh, yes. So I will be... Uh, with the ESPN digital team, we do a show 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. tomorrow before the game on the ESPN app, a lot of other places, uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, and all those good places. So good check us out. right there. For Harry Douglas, I am Field Yates. It's been a blast hanging out with you guys on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.